All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If this is your first time watching, you don't know who I am, you're like, who's this crazy lady on the internet? I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show and I'm the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is... um, I help people like yourself get your business paperwork together. Things like getting your uh, your articles of incorporation, your EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, uh, your c- contract templates so you don't get burned by clients and partners, uh, branding, branding, brand protection strategies so you don't get your business ideas stolen, and hiring and training strategies. Hey, Brittany, uh, so you don't get um, so you don't get sued for discrimination. Uh, I help you do all of these foundational things. Uh, why am I qualified to help you do these things? I am a licensed attorney. I have been one for 15 years and counting uh, with a specialization in business formation. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal technology, legal education as accessible to everybody as possible. Hey, Rondi, um, not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but a lot of you have amazing business ideas. And if you're going to be successful, there are just some things that you need to know. All right. So that's why I'm here. All right. Oh, thank you, Brittany. Brittany said she's my legal guru go-to. Oh, I feel special. (laughs) All right. So if you are in the startup phase of your business or, you know, you've got a business idea and you're just like, where do I even start? Or you've even been in business for a while, but you need to, you know, make it legit, make it legal, make it look good so you can get those PPP loans, so you can get that idle loan, so you can get, you know, them business loans and business credit. All right. All right. So how do you get in contact with me? You're going to go to Linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm. That is the only link in my bio on Instagram. It is all over my page on Facebook at Linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm. When you hit the uh, book your one on one session button. You will be able to book a free 15-minute consultation if you are a first-time client. You will also, at a link tree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm, be able to download the free biz launch cheat sheet that will help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less. Also, at link tree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is where you can uh, access many of my um, video trainings and eBooks. Like this month, we're focusing on business entities, so you can pick up my business entities ebook for $9.97 um, for the next few days. Uh, I have my business startup basics um, four, four, three, what was it? four video, three ebook bundle. Um, for those of you who kind of want to crash course on how to start your business properly, thank you so much for putting that in the comments, Brittany. Um, as well, at link forward slash NPL consulting firm. Y'all are here because you like NPL Legal Dish, right? Well, show how much you like the show by getting yourself some NPL Legal Dish merch. All right, we got our mugs. We got our T-shirts. You know you want them. Go get them. (laughs) All right. So Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is where you can access everything that has to do with me. All right. But you guys did not come here to listen to me shill my wares you came for stories so we're just gonna go do a brief overview of the show just in case there's somebody who's new who's watching who doesn't know what's going on all right so here's how the show works 
this year, uh, what I have I have added something new to the show. At the top, we have our NPL Nugget of the Day. This is a quick business or legal concept that I give you, uh, you know, a lesson on. Like I said, this month we are focusing on business entities. Um, so uh, we have our NPL Nugget. Then we go into our stories. Now, where do I find these stories? I find them from everywhere. Uh, I news sources, blog sites. You guys send me in stories sometimes. Sometimes I'll hear something on a podcast. I, you know, I, I be keeping my eyes peeled <laughs> for stories, and I choose the ones that have lessons that we can learn as business owners, as entrepreneurs, and we discuss them. So this is a time for you to be involved in the conversation. Don't be shy. Your questions and your comments are welcome as long as they are respectful. Okay. All right. Um, so now, uh, we're starting off with our NPL nuggets, but, uh, since we are in the last week of our business entity segment, we have been talking about business entities all month long. We defined what a business entity was. We explained unlimited versus limited liability. We talked about sole proprietorships and partnerships. We talked about LLCs. We talked about S Corps, C Corps, and B Corps. We have done a lot this month. So in this last week, uh, instead of me giving you the NPL nugget, I want to see what have you guys picked up this month from all of the, you know, the little tips I've been giving you. Now, I'm going to ask you one question every day this week of the show. So if you don't get it today, you've got a chance tomorrow, all right? But if you find that you can't answer these questions, you may want to pick up the Business Entities ebook. It's only $9.97. Every business entity, when we're talking business entities, you know, they, they help you create a separation between your uh, business and your personal. So it's really important that you understand business entities, all right? So my question for tonight for you guys, it's the same question that I had in my post today. Can anyone tell me the difference between a limited liability business entity and an unlimited liability business entity? Can anybody tell me what is the difference between a limited liability entity and an unlimited liability entity? Hmm. And I know you might have to, uh, t see, I wish, uh, I wish Facebook would, is this the tap in thing? Can I have somebody tap in? No requests to be, oh shoot. Okay. Ooh. So apparently Facebook lets you add people to the, the broadcast now. So if anybody wants to answer that and I can bring you on, just raise your hand and then I can bring you in. Okay. Um, yeah, but who can tell me the difference between a limited liability, uh, Brittany, Brittany Reese said one is an LLC and one is a sole proprietorship. Those are examples, but can you tell me the difference? So a sole proprietorship is an unlimited liability business entity and an LLC, depending on how you structure it, is a limited liability entity. What's, what does that mean? What is the difference between the two? If you want to come on because it's too much to type, apparently Facebook has a thing and I can add you. So just type in add me and I can, and I can bring you on if you want to answer it for the group. Okay. Cause I'm testing y'all this week to see if y'all been paying attention. I'm going to give you about maybe 30 more seconds because I remember we have the people out in podcast land. We don't want to keep them waiting. I know there's some people in podcast land right now yelling. Okay. Brittany said, one, you can have your 
personal finance is protected and the other does not. Yes, Brittany. Yes, I love it. Tanya said LLC, they can only sue for business property, not per, per personal. Thank you, Tanya. Yes, my, my friends, my colleagues, my followers, they have been listening. I love it. Hold on. You want to come on? Who want to come on? Oh, Tanya want to come on. Okay. Oh, no. I'm going to, I'm going to bring Tanya on. Rondi said people or companies can go after your business assets versus personal assets. Which one, which one, Rondi, you gotta, you gotta, uh, explain which one does that? Does unlimited liability or limited liability do that? Right. But Brittany already answered the question for us, right? Um, with unlimited liability, you have your, per with, uh, your personal finances are not protected. So sole proprietorships and partnerships, they're unlimited liability. So if somebody sues your sole proprietorship or your partnership, they can come after your house, your car, your, your jewelry, your grandma left you, whatever you have a value, right? But if you have an unlimited liability, uh, but if you have a limited liability business, uh, entity, like an LLC, if it's structured properly or some type of corporation, they can only go after the business assets. All right. So that is the difference between unlimited liability and limited liability business entities. But yeah, I just wanted to give y'all a quick little quiz to see if y'all been paying attention. If you did not know the answer to that question, make sure that you pick up the business entities ebook It's only $9 and 97 cents. All right. So let's move on and get to our story time. All right. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? If we're ready, let me see a couple of thumbs up so I know that y'all ready. And I'm going to take a sip of water because I'm already thirsty. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right. Any thumbs up, friends? Okay. I got a like. Thank you. Okay. So the first story that we are talking about tonight, um, is anybody here, has anybody, thank you, Brittany, anybody here from or been to Cincinnati or Louisville, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio, or Louisville, Kentucky? Thank you for the thumbs up. Um, so this is a story for all of you, my friends who like to sell, you know, the, Toby. Um, for those of you who like to sell the, the Chanel inspired or, you know, the Gucci things, those of you who sell knockoff items, okay, this is for you. <laughs> um, if you did not know recently, uh, in both in Cincinnati and Louisville, um, customs and border patrol seized more than $8 million worth of fake Cartier jewelry. Um, if you don't know what Cartier is, it's a very uh, expensive jewelry brand. Um, and apparently somebody was planning on, you know, selling fake Cartier bracelets and they ordered like, yes, Brittany, the inspired items. Uh, somebody purchased $8 million worth of fake Cartier bracelets and had them all shipped to the same address. Uh, and they, they, they got the, the shipment. They stopped, hey, the sincere got, they stopped one part of it in Cincinnati and one part of it in Louisville. Um, I don't know if you guys know, there's a show on Netflix called Customs and Border Patrol. I want y'all to watch this show because when I tell you, hey, Margaret, you didn't miss much. We're talking about the first story. I was telling people how they just seized $8 million worth 
of um, fake Cartier jewelry uh, by Customs and Border Patrol caught it in Cincinnati and Louisville. Um, yes, Brittany said, girl, they have a whole TV show where they are crack- cracking down on knockoff shipments. Um, yes, absolutely. So there's a show called Customs and Border Patrol, and there's always people trying to bring in fake, you know, knockoff items. Now, I'm going to tell y'all a secret. You can actually legally come into the United States with one, uh, with one, count it one, uh, you know, knock off item because, you know, they just consider it something that you picked up. But if you are ordering $8 million worth of anything, the logical conclusion is that you're going to be engaged in commerce, meaning that you're going to be engaged in buying and selling. And if you're buying knockoff Cartier bracelets, $8 million worth of knockoff Cartier bracelets, that must mean that you have some type of large operation, which means that you're violating the law and you can get stopped by customs and border control. So whoever purchased this $8 million worth of, of fake Cartier bracelets, they're just out $8 million. Now, who knows how they got it? Maybe they purchased it with, with some fake credit cards. We don't know, Right. But my friends who like to sell knockoff items, what you're doing is a crime. You're violating trademark law. They will come and find you, okay? So I, just, just a word to the wise. Like, this is not a game. Trademarks, they are, it is international law. Nobody is above it. We even saw the last, um, Brittany said, whoever purchased it there, I'm at, yes. Uh, we even saw, you know, the, the last person who inhabited the White House you know, even they, they were not above, uh, intellectual property law. You have to be very careful about using people's brands. Intellectual property law does not care who you are. They don't care that you're just running a small operation on Etsy and you only sell two items a month. They don't care that, you know, you're trying to feed a family of four. The problem is they have their intellectual property. They legally have the right to use this symbol and you do not. Remember, we say trademarks, they represent your brand. They represent a certain qualities that people expect from that brand. So if you are selling knockoff items and they don't work properly and people think they're the real thing, there could be a problem, right? What if somebody takes the Cartier bracelet into a Cartier store, the fake Cartier bracelet, into a Cartier store to get clean and they're like, man, this is not a real bracelet, right? So just letting y'all know, counterfeiting is a crime. All right. Okay. Next story. Uh, any questions, any comments about that before we move on to the next, uh, story? Because I think this is, this is kind of interesting. Um, this is kind of interesting. Does anybody know a religious singer by the name of Aled, A-L-E-D Jones or Ailed Jones? If you do, just give me a yes in the comments. If you don't, just say no. I I never heard of this man uh, before today when I read the story. But if you've heard of Aled or Ailed Jones, um, you know, just let me know. No, okay. So this gentleman, we're just going to call him Aled, okay? Oh, oh, Cheryl, hey. Um, Okay, nobody's heard of him. So this gentleman, Alan, uh, apparently recently he released an album of, um, religious music from different faiths. He had, there were songs from the Quaker religion, Christian, Muslim, Muslim religion, Catholic, and Buddhism. So just like, you know, a collection of texts and hymns and things that he put to an album. I actually think that's kind of cool, right? Um, here's the problem. 
one of the songs on the album um, called Obey and Be Blessed was actually owned by the licensing arm of the Jehovah's Witness organization. Okay, now we have talked about the Jehovah's Witness um, organization on this show before. They do not play when it comes to copyrights, all right? Um, so what, before this album came out, I guess, you know, the the Jehovah's... What, what is like a, 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 a respectful nickname for Jehovah's Witness? Can I just say JW? Um, please let me know if that's offensive to anyone. Uh, anyway, um, so when the JW Church found out that Alan was coming out with this album, they, um, sent a warning to him before it was released, and they said, hey, they said, hey, we found out that you're trying to record this song, hey, hey, Tanya, they said, we found out that you're trying to record this song, um, and we just want to let you know that first of all, you didn't get our permission to use it, and second of all, we don't give you our permission to, to use it. Hi, love spending racks, all right? So they said, sir, before you put this song on your little album, just know that we said that we say no. Um, now they sent this warning. They sent it to Alid's manager who then sent it to, um, to BMG music. Cause that was, you know, BM, uh, they kind of controlled everything. BMG music went back to the JW church and said, but we, we already got permission, girl. It's okay. But they never showed them any paperwork, no nothing. No, you know, here's the licensing thing. They just said, don't worry about it. We got it. Go ask um, Homegirl over there, this organization called GEMA. So the J-Dubs went to GEMA and GEMA was like, what are you talking about? We don't have, we didn't give anybody no licensing, no nothing. So the JW Church, they are now suing Alan Jones, his management and BMG Music for using this uh, song that was, you know, that the, the, the Jehovah's Witness organization owns, they have the copyrights to, uh, they are suing them for, um, copyright infringement. They want them to stop using the song so that maybe they want them to destroy, you know, the remaining, the remaining albums or whatever recordings they have of it. And they also want whatever profits Alid, um, made from this album. So I want to know from you guys, right? What do you think happened here? Do you think that BMG just thought they could get over because it was a religious album? Or do you think it was just an oversight? What do you think happened in this case? Because the JW Church, they went to Alid's manager, and Alid's manager went to BMG and say, hey, can you take care of this? Because Alid, you know, he's working on the album. Can you get the licensing fixed? What do you guys think happened? Uh, do you think it was an oversight or do you think it was done on purpose? What do y'all think? What do y'all think? Okay. Oh, wow. Time is passing by fast. Okay. Um, all right. So y'all seem to be a little quiet on that. Uh, hold on. Margaret said that she thinks it was an oversight. You think it was an oversight? I personally don't only because it went through so many hands. Um, Brittany, you know, cause, cause it went to the manager, manager went to BMG, BMG, yes, said, yeah, we got it, go ask, um, GEMA, and GMA was like, we don't know what you're talking about. Brittany said they obviously thought they could get over by saying they already got permission when they really didn't have it. 
Okay, and King Tech Services says it's an oversight. So Margaret and Tanya think that it's an oversight. Brittany thinks they did it on purpose. Brittany, I'm rocking with you. Margaret and Tanya, I don't know. We're going to have to play tug of war or something. Because I just don't believe that BMG, being the, you know, the machine that they are, they understand how licensing works, that you did not check to make sure that you actually had the licensing, right? Anyway, but that's just my opinion. We are free to disagree with each other, okay? All right, um, I want to get this story in because I think it's so funny and um, I, I want to make sure that I have enough time to talk about it. Before we do, I want to remind you guys that you are watching MPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you are in the startup phase of your business and you are looking for some legal guidance, I am your friend. I want to help you. Go to linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm and book your free 15-minute consult today. All right? Okay, moving on. Uh, do I have any UFC fans here? If you are a UFC fan, give me a boxing glove. I know that they don't use boxing gloves in UFC, but just humor me. If you are a UFC fan, give me a boxing glove in the hi bug thirteen ninety one. If you um, if you are, if I mean, if you are a UFC fan. Give me a boxing glove emoji. I understand that they don't use boxing gloves in UFC, but just humor me. All right. I actually like the UFC at this stage of life. I prefer the UFC to wrestling. I think it's, you know, real. Um, but that is just me. Okay. Nobody likes the UFC. I ain't got no gloves. Okay. That's fine. Anyway. Um, if, if, if you didn't know, uh, UFC fights, when they are broadcast, they are almost always broadcast on pay-per-view. So you have to pay, you know, whatever amount, I don't know, maybe $40, $50 to watch a UFC fight, right? Um, Cheryl said, not a fan, but the gentlemen watch it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Cheryl, did, uh, did the gentleman in your life recently watched UFC 218. Um, why I'm asking this is because now we know pay-per-view, you got to pay $40, $50. Not everybody wants to shell $40, $50 to watch a fight that, you know, might last 20 minutes. And if you were a boxing fan, you knew, some, uh, what, remember that fight with Mike Tyson, everybody paid all this money and Mike, the, the, the fight was over in less than 60 seconds. Anyway, um, so recently there was UFC 218, um, and you know, people are always looking for ways to pirate or stream or whatever, so they don't have to pay. Well, somebody came up with an ingenious way to get past, um, your husband and boys. Okay. Somebody got, got, um, found an ingenious way to, uh, beat some copyright claims uh, on YouTube. Well, not YouTube, but Twitch. So if you don't know what Twitch is, Twitch is a live streaming platform that's usually for gamers. Uh, but a, a gentleman on there by the name of Lester Gaming, Lester underscore gaming, he streamed the entire UFC fight on his Twitch account. Now you might wonder, how did he not get hit with a copyright claim? What he did was 
during the broadcast, he wore headphones and he pretended like he was playing a game and was giving commentary like he was playing a video game as the fight was going. And during the fight, he was able to beat the copyright claims because he did that. Now they have since, you know, figured out what happened. They took down his broadcast, da 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 da. But um, the guy who started the UFC, Dana White, he is so upset. Like they have this man's phones tapped. He's like, we are watching you for our next UFC. But I just thought that this was so hilarious. He basically pretended he was playing a video game and was able to um, circumvent the the copyright whatever warning uh, alarms that were set that are set up on Twitch. So I wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it was really funny. But also to let you guys know that they eventually found him. You may beat out the intellectual property police for a little while, but eventually they will find you, okay? All right. How much time we got left? Oh, we're good, we're good, we're good. All right. Okay, let me take a sip of water real quick. How y'all doing? Y'all still hanging in there with me? Y'all got real quiet on the UFC, uh, on the UFC story. I just want to make sure y'all still with me, okay? All right. Um, because we got two more stories, and one of them is a discussion that I really want to have with you guys, or, you know, just a question I have for you. Um, does anybody here get their, thank you, Brittany, does anybody here get their gas from the Shell gas station? If you've ever gotten your gas from the Shell gas station, give me a gas pump or give me a Shell emoji. Is there a Shell emoji? I don't know. If you have ever pumped gas at Shell, hi Nat the brat. Ooh, Nat is your is Nat short for Natalie? That's my name. <laughs> Margaret said me. Okay, me too. I got a Shell right down the street from my house. Anybody else ever gotten there? Get uh, Cheryl said only when traveling. Okay. Anyway, uh, if you didn't know. Um, thank you, Brittany. Shell is worldwide. They are not just in the United States. Oh, shoot. Your name is Natalie, too? Hey. I met another Natalie on my show. Hey, girl. Um, all right. So, if you didn't know, Shell is a worldwide gas station. Um, they are all over the place, including China. And we know that China is, like, the land of knockoffs. And recently, Shell was awarded... Um, almost $900,000 U.S. because there was a company selling knockoff shell lubricant, right? So, uh, this is engine lubricant, um, and, you know, Shell found out they were doing this, and they went to the, the Intellectual Property Court of China, and they got a judgment against five companies that were selling this fake, uh, this fake shell lubricant. Now, Let's think about cars and how we run them. Why is it so important that we make sure that the products um, that go into our cars are, um, are, you know, the brands that they say they are? Why is it so important? It's not just because, you know, Shell, they want to protect their name. Think about your car and how, you know, how, how important. Just tell me why do you think it's important to know exactly what's going into your car? Why is it so dangerous to have, you know, um, knockoff or faulty products going into your car? What can happen? 
What do you think can happen? What do you think can happen? Like, what would happen if you use diesel diesel gas in, in your, you know, I don't know, 2005 Nissan Sentra? Do they still make Nissan Sentras? Um, Margaret Massey said your engine can be damaged. Absolutely. If you're not putting in the products that, that, you know, go well with your car, you can damage your engine. So Shell, you know, they're, they're going to be very vigilant about what products are out there with their name on it. Because yes, your Brittany said your car will be screwed. Cause they don't want people saying this Shell lubricant ruined my engine. Margaret said it can, uh, ha- can be damaged. Yes, King Tech Services said going to have a large bill. Shell said you can, yes, thank you guys. Exactly. So it is, so Shell would, would really, they really have to be vigilant to make sure that anything that has their name on it is an authentic product that has met their standards so that they are not known out here, to, you know, to sell faulty products that can mess up your car. So Shell went to the Chinese Intellectual Property Court and they won, um, in Chinese money, it's 5.5 million. And when you do the, um, conversion, it comes out to about eight, $851,000 US. Okay. So don't make fake lubricant. All right. And also, you know, intellectual property, it's worldwide. It's not just here. It's not just the U.S. It's all over the world. Remember last week, I, g- I gave you all the whole breakdown of how much it costs to trademark internationally. If you don't, if you missed that, I think we talked about it on either Tuesday or Wednesday. So just watch last week's um, videos, okay? So moving on to our last story of the evening. This is actually a question. Um, I was reading an article because if you did... Um, if you have heard of Black Lives Matter, please give me a BLM in the comments. I have seven. I have five people on a Facebook and two people on Instagram, so I should have seven BLMs in the comments. All right, unless you're driving. Okay, two people just left because y'all don't want to type. Y'all don't want to type. Okay, that's fine. Everybody who's watching, give me a BLM. I know you've heard of Black Lives Matter at least once in the last few years. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Thank you to everybody. Awesome. Okay. So if you didn't know, uh, the original, um, the originators of Black Lives Matter, they were, (laughs) thank you, Brittany. There were three women, um, and they tried to get the phrase Black Lives Matter trademarked a few years ago. You know, it started after, gosh, there's so many, I, I can't even remember the names anymore. Anyway, um, the Black Lives Matter started, of course, because, you know, black people are killed at a ridiculously high rate by the police. Um, and the, and the originators of the, of the phrase originally, they tried to get it trademarked and they were denied by the USPTO office because the USPTO office said Black Lives Matter is a movement. It's not a trademark, right? But since then, uh, you know, with the proliferation of the movement, so many things happen. There have been so many more applications that are trying to use Black Lives Matter. There's like somebody tried to trademark Black Lives Matter Moscato, Black, you know, anything having to do with Black Lives Matter, they're trying to trademark it. And the USPTO is denying it. One, they're saying because it doesn't identify a single source of goods. Remember, a trademark is a name or a logo that represents your goods in the marketplace, right? And it tells people exactly where that product is coming from. The USPTO says 
If you try and name something Black Lives Matter, that does not tell anybody where it's coming from. Black Lives Matter is a social movement. So I wanted to ask you guys this question. Do you think that Black Lives Matter is too big to be a trademark or is it too popular? Do you think someone should be allowed to trademark the phrase Black Lives Matter? What do you think about that? Yes, girl, Black Lives Matter Moscato, okay? Left freedom ring in that glass. <laughs> but what do you think about that? Do you think that Black Lives Matter, can it be trademarked at this point? Is it too popular? Is Should you be allowed to trademark a social movement? Hi, kissed by a, a fallen angel. Um... King Tax Services, you're saying no, no, it, it, no, it can't be trademarked. Nat the Brat said yes, it's too big to be trademarked at this point. Um, Rondi Gooden said the original lady should be able to. Brittany said I think they missed the opportunity to trademark. Well, they did try to trademark it in the beginning, um, but they were denied. I, I'm not sure where in the process, but the USPTO was like, you know, we just. This seems to be more of a social movement, right? Margaret said it's too popular right now, right? Brittany said maybe before it went public, they should have trademarked and then put it out to the public. Uh, King Texas says shouldn't be trademarked. Okay. Um, okay, so you guys you guys all seem to be in accord that it's, it's really big. One person said that the original ladies should be able to, and they did try before, um, but they were denied. But I think Britney has the right idea. Maybe before it went public, they should have trademarked it. But again, this came out during a moment of high energy, high emotion because of the murders of black people that were taking place at the hands of police, right? So I don't think they were thinking about it like that. But um, this is why if you plan on making money with something, you want to make sure that you get it taken care of before it's too big. I always use this example and I will use it till the day I die. Baby from Cash Money. I remember he did an interview. Now, y'all y'all have seen Bling. Bling is in the dictionary, okay? Baby said had he known. If, you, if y'all remember that song, Bling Bling, uh, the Cash Money, Lil Wayne. Look, doing it for the 992,000. If you remember that song, give me a Bling Bling in the comments, right? Um, but Baby said had he known how big the song Bling Bling would have gotten, he would have trademarked the word bling. Think about how often we use bling these days. Baby wouldn't, he wouldn't have to steal money from his artists had he trademarked bling. <laughs> yes, um, Brittany, great minds do think alike. You think of the exact same thing. Absolutely, okay? Um, bling Bling, yes. So when you are, <laughs> the 9-9 in the 2000s, all right. Uh, but yes, so Black Lives Matter, while, you know, it's an important social movement, it is a social movement. It's, I think it's gone beyond the point of being able to be something that we can identify with a single organization, with a single business, with a, you know, a source of products, right? So this is why you don't want to make your stuff too generic, why you want to trademark it while it's hot, while people don't necessarily really know about it, so that you can preserve it. You don't want it to get to a point where it's so big that it can't be trademarked anymore, okay? So that was just what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, now, uh, we have the option to do five minutes of Q&A, 
or we can start to roll out now. Um, I will give you guys like one to two minutes to get your questions in, but I'm going to start the, um, the, the, you know, to close out the show. But if we get some questions in, I will answer them. So if you have questions on business formation, on any of the stories that we covered this evening on, um, you know, on your business in general, um, do, uh, ask them. Uh, I want to thank you guys for your energy tonight, for hanging out with me. You know, you ain't have to be here. You could be anywhere else. You could be on Clubhouse. You could be watching somebody else's live, but you hang out with me and I love it. All right. Um, I want to remind you guys, make sure that you book your, uh, business formation strategy sessions. Prices are going up February 1st. Okay. For my one hour sessions. So if you want to preserve the current price, make sure you book your um, appointments now. They don't have to be for this week. But you do want to book it before February 1st and the price goes up. You can book it for the date that you wish. Um, uh, another announcement. I am officially an affiliate for the biz credit movement. A lot of you asked me about business credit. That is not something I do, but I have partnered with this company biz credit movement. Um, if you, uh, if you sign up with them, they will help you establish your business credit. And then, you know, I get a little some, some on side when you sign up with them. And as well, if you sign up for their business biz credit program, you get 10 to 20% off of my services. So, um, you, that should have been in my email. I've got to put in my link tree too, but I'll, I'll tell y'all more about that. All right. What else? We'll be back here tomorrow, eight o'clock with more stories. If you find anything you want me to talk about, please send it to me. I love when you send me stories. Make sure you get your MPL Legal Dish merch, the mugs, the t-shirts, they all here for you. Um, what else? I think that's all I have. I don't see any questions, so I think that we can close out for tonight. Take care of yourselves. Come back here tomorrow. Wear your mask, wash your hands, social distance. Bye-bye. Oh, I hit end.